0: Hi, I'm Mallory Kane, and you're listening to the ODU Monarchist Podcast.
1: I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast. Today, we welcome Jeff Jones, head coach of Old Dominion Basketball, to the show. A four-year starter at point guard at the University of Virginia, Coach Jones was drafted by the Indiana Pacers prior to starting his coaching career. After coaching at UVA, Rhode Island, and American University, Jeff joined Old Dominion in 2013 and enters his 10th season as a Monarch. Over 500 wins in total, 180 plus at ODU, and a 61% winning percentage. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks, guys. Appreciate
0: it. So... Welcome, Coach. Um, we were listening to the recent podcast you did with Julian Brown on the Virginia Legends podcast. Uh, you covered your days in Charlottesville in that episode, so today we're going to focus on your time in Old Dominion. We have a lot of new faces in the program for next season. What can you tell us about this group of players and what should fans expect from these guys? Well,
2: num- number one, you know we're, we're real excited about the, them as, as a group. You know there 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 was a, where I have to admit it was it was a bit unsettling to to look at the fact that we only had what five or or, or six you know re- returning guys. You know I I think quite honestly that 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 played a big role in, in Jalen Hunter leaving. You know we we talked and obviously he he had a pretty good situation going here. You know after last year not fun by you know in any any measure. You know he 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 was kind of you know, afraid that we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be very good. And, and, you know, I told him, I said, look, I, I understand, but the last time we were in this situation was the summer before the 2019 season when, you know, we obviously ended up winning the the regular season and the conference USA tournament. And I said, I, I, I'm not, I I can't tell you who they're going to be, but I've got lots of confidence that whoever we signed in the spring is going to be pretty good. You know, I, there there were a lot of people out there in, in the transfer portal, and and one thing that you you know for sure is if guys are in the transfer portal, one of the big things, if not the biggest factor in their decision, is, is going to be playing time. You know, the the opportunity to get out on the court. So as as a group, you know, I'm I'm very excited. You know, we had signed uh, Bryce Alfino in in the uh, in the fall in, in the spring, we were only looking at, we weren't considering any high school kids. We were looking only to bring in either junior college transfers or, or guys that were in the transfer portal. The the first one that, you know, that we got was Chauncey Jenkins. And, you know, we, we were excited about that. He, he, he's got so much potential and so much talent. He was playing behind, you know, some really good guards, Ricky Council for one, that, ended up leaving and, and going to Arkansas. But, you know, Chauncey wanted to get back closer and to, to get somebody, you know, he's, he's just a really good kid. To get somebody with that much talent and ability, that was a, a good start for, for us. After that, you know, we were talking to a, a number of different guys and we, we, we just, quite honestly, it was almost by accident that we, about Tyreek Scott Grayson. Obviously, we're, we, we were familiar with him. Having played against him at, at at UAB, and you know he had some, as he's told us, he's he's had some pretty good games against ODU scoring, and and he fit the bill as somebody that at the at the mid major level, you know, had already shown himself to be capable of being a, a double figure scorer. So you know we, we we finished that, and you know one thing we found out, I I had no idea, and, and we kind of fell into it that he had played on the Boo in the Boo Williams AAU program. He was on the, you know, one of the other teams. He wasn't on the the the, the big team and, and you know knew this area and actually was familiar with some of our players and especially PJ Gill who's a, a walk on for us. So we you know we were able to get Tyreek the entire time we were working real hard on the, the two junior college bigs, Dorico and, and, and Faison and, and they were guys that we had been working on since last fall really, really hard. We kind of targeted them and, and felt like, you know, they were the right mixture for us. I mean, Dorico is just a really, really hard playing dude. I mean, he, he's got a great motor. He's an athlete comparable to maybe even more athletic in, in different ways than, than Austin Trice. You know, he's an explosive jumper, but he, he can run and, and and he just he's just so active. You know, Austin was active 12 feet and in. Dorico is active all over the court. I mean, he's, he's flying around. So, you know, we thought that kind of effort and uh, energy and enthusiasm, you know, would, would, would be a real good addition. And then Faison, you know, played on a really good—they He they, they went to Hutchinson and ended up losing in the, the semifinals out there in the National Junior College Tournament. We've seen him a lot on film. We've seen him in practice. We saw him in games. And 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 one of the things that you know from his freshman year to his sophomore year, there was huge. And and you know he still got three years. He got some great coaching down at Chipola from Donnie Tyndall. Now, if people don't follow college basketball really, really closely, they'll have no idea who Donnie Tyndall is. Donnie Tyndall, when I came to ODU, and we first went into Conference USA. Donnie Tindle was was uh, at Southern, and, and they ended up getting into a bunch of NCAA trouble. Donnie went from Southern Miss to Tennessee, and was at More, Morehead uh, State with uh, Kenneth Fareed. But the guy knows how to coach. He's coached in the G League. He he just got into a lot of trouble with the, the NCAA. But watching how Donnie coached Faison, and co- I mean to to say he he coaches hard. Is a big understatement, and, and Faison didn't blink. So, so I think, you know, again with 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 the motor, the energy, the toughness that Faison brings, he's a really long six nine, and and I think, it, you know, without a doubt, he, he's not a project. But without a doubt, his best basketball is ahead of him. So, you know, we were, you know, working really, really hard, and, and ultimately we're able to sign. Both of those guys. And and then, you know, one thing that I thought was, was really, really an important sign for us was, was getting Ben's You know, Ben, again, is a tough kid. He's a hard-playing kid. He proved, obviously, at, at Hampton that, you know, at the collegiate level, he, he he scores. He puts the ball in the basket. And, you know, Ben and I joked in the recruiting process, you know, he, he averaged 22 a game. He led the, the, the NCAA, I believe in free throws attempted. Had he shot a better percentage, he shot like sixty seven percent. Had Ben shot a, a, a better percentage from the free throw line, he could easily have been the leading scorer in, in college. We we need that. I, I know that's not a surprise to, to anybody. I mean that's you know, finding a, a consistent scorer, somebody that, that, that hopefully can be a go to guy for us, you know, that was that was really big. And 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 then the, the, the last guy that, that we signed, you know, we we had talked to and, and, and looked at and, you know, just, just not, not being able to, to get the, at the point guard spot. And, and it happened really, really fast recently. But Trey Brown, you know, committed with us and, and, and signed the scholarship papers. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that is going to, you know, he's going to have to prove himself. Nobody's going to look at his stats, you know, if they, if they haven't watched him play and, and done a deep dive nobody's going to look at his stats and, and be, but you know, Trey has, has shown us that, that, you know, he, he can, he can definitely shoot the ball. He's, he's very good in, in ball screen situations. And, and as I said, in, in the release, you know, he's got some wiggle in his game. And what I meant by that is, you know, he, he has the ability with the ball to, to beat his, and, and tr- to create. And And that's just something that we lacked last year. You know, we, we were really forced last year to run a lot of offense, set offense. And and we obviously we pounded the ball inside because with Alston and and Kalu, that was our, you know, that was our, where our bread was buttered, but you'd rather, I'd rather not have to run as much offense. And so having, you know, having Trey, having Chauncey, having Tyreek, you know, having Ben to go with the, the returning guys, I'd, I'd really like to think that, you know, we, we have a lot more ability to create opportunities, create shots to create opportunities for, for you know, off the bounce and, and in other ways than, than we had last year. L- losing Malik Curry really, really, you know, that that was a huge factor in our struggling last year. You know, Malik could go get a bucket or he could you know, force a double team or force help really at, at, at any time. And so he made those other guys better. So that's a, a very long answer to your question. But, you know, we, we feel like, you know, we 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 improved our talent. We improved our athleticism. We improved our, our ability to create offensively. And at the same time, I, I think we, we addressed some some coachability issues. And I think the the group that we have, you know, great leadership with with Ben Stanley. You know, kind of a, a quiet, uh, quiet guy in Tyreek Scott Grayson. You know, Chauncey's just really, really hungry. Trey Brown is a military comes from a military family, so I, I think those guys. You know, they're going to be hard workers. They're going to be talented, and and they're going to allow themselves to be coached. And, and that's a that's a, a big factor. You know, to to try to turn things around from, from last year. I appreciate
1: that coach. I think that's going to you know, give Monarch Nation better insight on what to expect this year. You know, it's, let's just call it a huge recruiting class, whether you take your one high school player, guys coming from uh, JUCO or just other schools. How do you take, you know, your, your existing crew that you have and then a number of different, you know, other student athletes that are coming from all over the place that are coming from different team dynamics and bring them all together to have one cohesive unit?
2: You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the question that, that, you know, college basketball coaches around the country, you know, that, that, that's the million dollar question, you know, how, how do you do it? And I I think a a big part of it is, is having, and and I apologize in advance because I always say kids, they're, they're young men, but, you know, having a group young men with, with, with good character that, that place winning and, and, and team success kind of above everything else. And, and you know, guys like D'Angelo Steins, for, for, for example, you know, he's he's a kid. I mean, he could have looked at Chauncey or some of these other guys kind of sideways, you know, because he didn't play a whole lot last year. I know he wants to play, but, you know, he and, 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 and Makai Long, you know, they, they worked really, really hard in the recruiting process. You know, it, the recruiting process isn't just the coaches, you know, because the, the the recruits they want they want to talk to the players that are there. They want to know about you know the coaching staff and the support and the, the living conditions and the food and you know they they have got questions about a lot of a lot of stuff. And I think our returning players did a really you know good job because they they just want to win and they they knew we needed to bring in you know talented players. And you know our our staff worked really hard. On, on, you know, locating not just guys that can play, but guys that, you know, that, that were hungry. You know, Ben Stanley has been injured. You know, Tariq kind of, you know, he, he left UAB. He wasn't forced out, but that wasn't the best situation there, you know, when Andy Kennedy came in. You know, Chauncey, you know, guys, we, we brought in guys that just want to prove themselves, that, you know, have a chip on their shoulder, they're hungry. And it's it's interesting to, to, to watch and to hear, you know, the, the, the lifts that the guys have already had and, the you know, some of the workouts that, that they have on their own or the, the pickup game, you know, just the feedback that, that we've gotten uh, is that the, the with some subtractions, the, the pickup games are so much better in, in terms of the intensity and, and the competitiveness and the overall level of play. So, I, you know, I'm encouraged. It's really, really early. So, we, we you know, I, I can tell you it's, the chemistry is going to be great. That doesn't mean I thought last year's chemistry was going to be, and, and then it was when things were going good, but it wasn't great at, at other times. And, and, you know, that was an issue for us, you know, what was it? 10, 10 and four at home and whatever our record was on the road, you know, we didn't handle adversity real well. The one thing we did do is we bounced back after the fact, you know, if, if, if we, you know, if, if, if we struggled, but you know, we, we, we didn't put together any long stretches, you know, um, when, when, you know, when trying to, to face obstacles and face adversity. And, and I think, you know, that we, we can kind of point to the, the you know, the, the, the leadership and the, just the maturity of, of, of the team. And, and hopefully that will be better this
0: year. I think it will be, but, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. You mentioned uh, last year's Jekyll and Hyde kind of record at home and away. And then you mentioned leadership and adversity. Would those be the main points to explain that season, that difference of quality on the road and home?
2: Yeah. You know, whether it's maturity, I I, I don't know what, you know, how, how to label it, but we, we just weren't consistent. You know, we, we, we couldn't, when when things happened to us individually, when things happened to us as, as a group, you know, we, we didn't respond the way good teams do. And, and then I would say, you know, just the, again, not, not, Rolling anybody under the bus, but you know, the having the the one guy, you know, when when things on the court, you know, weren't weren't going well, you know, the the one guy that could you know make a play, you know, Austin obviously had a great year, but you know, big guys they they, they rely on on you know the guards and the offense to to get them the ball, you know, when you've got point guards that that we've had, Trey Freeman, Ahmad Kaver, Malik Curry, you know, those guys could. Could turn a bad situation in, into a good situation, and and you know we we, we didn't have that. We had, I mean, Jalen Hunter. I, I love him to death. I mean, he was a great defender. You know, a, a wonderful young man. You know, tried to do everything, and, and you know, could get us into offense, but that just wasn't his strength. You know, the the, the creative part. So, you know, I, I think those two things combined really were the biggest factors. You know, when when we when we you know would 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 play people. And again, we'd, we'd face tough situations, and it seemed like you know we, the the bottom would just drop out at, at, at times. You know we couldn't fight through during the course of of,
0: of a contest. So, Coach Jones, we know that relationship building is a big part of recruit. I know a lot of these guys, you start scouting when they're freshmen in high school, and you remain you remain keep in contact with them over the years to kind of bring them in. But can you walk us through the recruiting process, the talent valuation? And- pitching the program and doing yeah, the, the
2: whole offer thing is, is really weird these days has been for several years, you know, because players, high school prospects, they, they love to get offers and and, and it's almost like an offer is, is worthless anymore. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm old enough and, and old school that, you know, to me, an offer has always meant something. And, you know, a lot of these kids, they just want offers. It's like, you, you can't recruit them if you don't offer you know, early in, in the process. And, you know, I, I, sometimes when, when coaches or whatever would, would say, Hey, are you going to offer him? I'd, I'd respond with a question of my own and say, is, is he going to accept, you know, I mean, an offer, if, if you make an offer and then, you know, something happens and you know, you, you have no intention of, of actually bringing the kid in. You know, you, you make an offer and then a year later, you know, maybe they don't develop the, the same way that, that, that you thought that, that they might. So, you know, you, you try to identify kids at, at, at a young age, you know, the, the, the talent and, you know, the characteristics that, that you want in, in your program. But the offers come so early now, there's, there's no real way to predict. You know, you, uh, you try to build the relationship, whether it's for, for me, whether it's over text or over the phone you know the assistant coaches particularly chris Kavinsky, is a lot younger and a lot more social media savvy and so he's he's staying in touch and doing things in, in a different way than than, than i do as, as the head coach but the big thing is you know trying to identify and establish some sort of rapport and continue that you know over an extended period of time that's the ideal you want to see them play you know and, and see how they're developing I always love not just seeing them at the, in the AAU, but I like seeing them with their high schools because you you want to see how do they interact with that coach, how do they interact with their teammates, how do they treat referees? You know, uh, what's what's their demeanor on the court? Are you know are, are they out there being a prima donna? Or are they you know out there you know competing and, and giving it everything that they've got? So I, I you know I always like seeing them watching them in in, in games is tough because. So much of high school officiating, not just in this area, it's it's a nationwide thing. It's, it's just not that good. They they don't know how. They do not know how to referee big guys, and so you, know, you you go to a game, and and inevitably the guy that you're there to see, you know, picks up two two fouls in the first quarter, and 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 ends up sitting down. You know that kind of thing. So that's why seeing practices can help as, as well. It's always dangerous doing any recruiting from highlight films or from video solely because everybody can look good in a highlight. And if you're watching on a video, you can't really, if, if you're not familiar with with both teams, you, you can't really get a feel for the athleticism and what the the level of competition is. So there's no you know there's no replacement for seeing kids in in person. These days, the, the recruiting ha- has definitely taken a change. The high school kids, not the you know top 100 or 150, but a lot of the high school kids are, are kind of falling by the wayside and falling through the cracks because everybody, including ourselves, you know, they, they want to get you know more mature and, and you know that's exactly what we did this, this spring. We, we went junior college and transfer portal only. And, and with that, you still try to you know, do your due diligence and, and get the background stuff as much as you can. But there's there's no way that you can build that relationship in, you know, two months or a month, you know, whatever it is. I've heard people describe it as speed dating and I've never done speed dating before. But, you know, I I think that's probably a pretty good a pretty good comparison. But you're still trying to accomplish (laughs) the same thing, you know, get to know who these kids are and and, and, you know, how are they going to fit in with your coaching style? How are they going to fit into our school? You know all, all of those kind of things so there's you know there's a lot of a lot of work and a lot of evaluation that's done beyond just trying to tell hey you know are, are they talented enough you know or, or you know can they pass dribble you know those things are, are obviously very very important but you know and 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 i would say and, and i'm not gonna not gonna name any names but hey we've we've made mistakes. Gosh, you know, I I think we we, this year we we tried to, you know, not just replace the guys that, you know, started guys like Austin and and Jalen and and Kalou. But, you know, there there were other spots that we needed to bring people in and, you know, that 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 had the ability to, you know, to get into games and, and, you know, actually contribute. You know, so that was an important part. It wasn't just trying to, you know, get get five starters for for next year or however many we, we could it was you know increasing the overall talent level on our roster
1: so coach we're going to try something a little different something we haven't done yet during the podcast our listeners have, have have clamored for more fan interaction so we actually have a question from one of our listeners that is called in on our monarchist hotline or whatever we don't know what it's called yet but mike can you play that that question My name is
0: James Williams, and I really love your podcast. I think you guys are fantastic. My question for Coach Jones is, what do you think of the transfer portal? Do you think it's a good thing? And how do you think it would have played back in the day when you played? All right, I appreciate it. My name is James Williams. Thank you so much, and Good morning. Well,
2: first, you know, thanks to, to James. Good question. Obviously, the transfer portal is uh, huge as far as college basketball world is is you know put together these days. You know, couple things about the transfer portal. Number one, it's not going whether I like it or not, or whether anybody likes it or not. It's not going away. You're not getting the horses back in the barn. I think the transfer portal for for mid majors giveth and it taketh away. The difference is from the mid-majors, right, those kids that are transferring, they're taking our best players, right? That hurts us. We do benefit from the the Power Five kids transferring, you know, from Power Five to to the mid-major, and and we do benefit from that. But that doesn't hurt the Power Fives. You know, there's – you know, there's no skin in the game when they're losing these, these kids, they're losing them because they're, they're not playing. Right. They're not, they're not good enough for them. There's not, they don't fit the system or whatever. You know, they're not losing, you know, uh, most of them, they're not losing their best players. The coaches at the mid-major and the low-major levels are losing their best players. So don't, you know, nobody can tell me that it's, you know, that it's equal or that it's fair you know, Jay, Jay Billis can love it all he wants, but you know it's it's not equitable, right? I don't like the idea, and I think this is why a lot of people and and this isn't the main reason why why we don't recruit as many high school kids, but I think a lot of people look at it like I don't want to take a high school kid that's not ready to play as a freshman. We finally get him ready to play, and he's you know he's he, he's improved by the end of his sophomore year and ready to take off. And now he's gone. Right. And I think rather than have to deal with that scenario, a lot of folks are saying, hey, I'd rather take a kid that's two or three years older, has been coached in in college. Right. And then bring 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 them into my program. The NCAA is going to try to put some restrictions, I think, some guardrails on on the transfer portal. But again, it's not going away. I think there'll be some time, like, like this year, you, you had May 1st. You had to put your name into the portal by May 1st in, in order to have the one-time transfer. I think there's going to be some sort of time frame that not only are they going to have to put their name in, they're going to have to make a decision by a certain point. right? There's got, you've got to be some sort of uh, mechanism where, where coaches – can can know what their roster is probably going to look like we do it for the NBA draft you know I mean guys can go and they can put their name in and they can stay a certain time but there there is a deadline right that that they're allowed to stay there until you know x date. I think something like that probably will uh, be proposed and you know talked about what it looks like ultimately i i, I don't I don't know the 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 other thing and this is unfortunately a, a scenario that that's played out a lot that I don't think the general public knows about. And, 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 you know, the, the general public think, you know, I, I believe their general impression is coaches lie and, and the players are victims. Sorry. That's not the reality. They would be shocked at how many times the kids say, for instance, they say, they, they say that, you know, that, that they're, they're coming back, but they're saying they're coming back because they want, the, the school to pay for uh, summer school so they can graduate and then they can go, you know, then they can go somewhere else. The NCAA is aware of, of some of these things and is, is trying to figure out a way to, you know, address them without having to go through litigation. You know, I, I think the NCAA is really scared. They're, they're afraid of litigation. You know, they've, They've been handed some pretty big losses lately in the courtrooms and and they don't have any, any taste for further litigation. But, you know, situations like I I, I just mentioned, you know, are out there and I don't know if you'd call them a loophole or whatever, but there are things that that are happening that it shouldn't. But the, you know, the the transfer portal, it's hurt us. And the transfer portal has, has helped us. The bottom line is it's here to stay. And if you don't adjust if you don't you know learn to use the transfer portal you're going to get left
0: behind thank you for that breakdown of the portal i find it really interesting it's, it's so new still but i know it's a challenging thing for roster building
2: it is one one of the things that is is i guess a byproduct and and you know people read what what they there's there's going to be probably 150 or, or so kids in the portal D one transfer scholarship kids that are going to be stuck without a scholarship. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll not have a D one scholarship. They'll go D two, maybe D three. I talked to, you know, Richard Morgan, who is a, a, a great UVA player. He's a, a basketball coach at an NAI school. And, and, you know, they hope that they can get some of those guys that fall through the cracks, but it's almost like it's, you know, musical chairs. And when the music stops, unfortunately, some of these, and women aren't, aren't going to have scholarship opportunities. And that, that's a
0: shame. That's uh, we we see with football too, but in your 10 years here, we've seen a lot of memorable moments. We had 180 plus wins, the shot from Trey Freeman, NIT final four, beating Syracuse in the carrier dome conference tournament champs in 2019 looking back at almost a decade at ODU do you have one moment that jumps out to you as your favorite
2: i i would have to say no you know number 1 was was winning conference usa tournament and you know we've been so close uh, a number of times and, and not made it so i think that 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 has to be number 1 you know a, a close second and i'll put the shot and playing in the nit semifinals on the same thing cuz the shot put us there That was that was pretty, pretty cool. And I I do appreciate it. It's not it's not, you know, the the top spot, but you actually remembering that we beat Syracuse. I I think there's a lot of folks, you know, I mean, we're still listening to, you know, stuff about the football team beating beating a a Virginia Tech team that ended up not even having a winning record. But yet that that Syracuse win goes, you know. Uh, no, nobody really uh, remembers that one so that that was a, a pretty good win and that was a good day to play them in the carrier dome Play played in the carrier dome at noon. We got the win, we flew back on the charter flight. we got a check for uh, I think it was like ninety thousand dollars and and I took my wife down to the the, the boardwalk and, and looked at the uh, Christmas lights that night so that was that, that was a, a good day going up there and coming back and having having beaten them that was i wish we had more dates like that oh we will we will
1: so coach you look through the game through a different lens than most of us i mean unless like i didn't play competitive basketball i played out in the front yard with my buddies and we thought we were good but we weren't good but so i watch as a fan from the stands and i have for a long time what can you share with us that maybe we should focus on during the game that we wouldn't, that as a coach, you know,
2: I, I think a big part of it is, you know, how, how is our activity level, particularly at the defensive end, you know, if there, there there's times in, in, in our team last year, you know, in, in, in a lot of those home games that, that we talked about where we played much better, gosh, we were flying around the ball and, and, you know, our, our defense was, was fantastic. We were able to get out in transition, but, but then, you know, there were other times and usually it seemed to be on the road where we, you know, we, we, we were reacting rather than, 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 than than being the aggressor, being the initiator. And I think that's, that's maybe the big thing, you know, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, I, I think, you know, whether we're running set offense or we're just, you know, just playing basketball, the, the thing I'm looking at, are, are we, you know, how's our spacing, how's our movement. It's not always about making the shots, although it <laughs> if we could make some, <laughs> shoot a higher percentage for, for, for the season for once, that
0: would make life. So coach, uh-huh. analytics have become a big part of sports in general, and specifically college basketball, uh, breaking down tempo, shot selection, so much more. How does this information help you on a day? You know,
2: I've, I've tried really, really hard to, to, to learn more uh, about the analytics. Uh, a lot of uh, us old-timers you know it's 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 kind of a it's it's, it's a new thing and you know if, if if you're not trying to learn I think you can get left behind and we, we subscribed last year to a group by the name of HDI and, and you know every game would give us a, a breakdown in terms of the the analytics not just your basic stats but, it, you know, they, they put together, you know, different lineups, you know, your offensive efficiency, your defensive efficiency, the shots. The shots was a real big thing for, for me. I, I know it's not going to surprise anybody when I say hey, we weren't a very good three-point shooting team last year. So so that made it difficult. We were very, very good in the paint, right? And and when we finished inside, you know, even though we shot more, th- more twos than what, the 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 analytics uh, the people with hdi wanted us to if you shoot a really good percentage in there you know then 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 that can turn out well um they wanted us to shoot more threes you know my kind of response to them was well we're so bad at shooting shooting threes you know and and they said you know and they they acknowledged it but you know for for them the mid-range two is is the worst know the worst shot that that you can take so we you know we we addressed that some we tried to address it with you know in practice and 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 different things and there were some guys that we didn't ever want shooting mid-range twos, but that was you know cj kaiser you know when when we could get him going and getting downhill that 15 foot pull-up jumper going to his right you know that was a great shot for him and and he shot a high percentage and and from an analytics standpoint that was a good shot, but there were other guys, AJ Oliver, you know, we, we didn't want him shooting, you know, those, those mid ranges at, at all. So th- that was something, but Drew Lakey, who is our, our, our video coordinator, young guy, you know, was, was on the team a couple years ago, last year, two years ago, the COVID year, he was kind of like an, an intern and did a little bit of everything. Um, he has really helped me. He would translate <laughs> Uh, into in language that I can understand you know a lot of the the, the analytics and and I think you know I'm, I'm just excited to you know continue learning uh, and continuing to to hopefully use that, that information that HDI gives us you know to, to try to help our, our performance
1: that's great to hear I know we have seen drew down on the bench but it's pretty neat to, to know that you've got someone who's kind of on the cutting edge and trying to Use new and exciting tools to, to to help the coaches, you know, get more out of more out of your players. Speaking of players, I mean, you guys have had your fair share of really good point guards come through in the last handful of years. I mean, Trey Freeman, Ahmad Caver, Malik. Would you attribute this success to the position, is your experience as a college point guard, or is it something completely different? Well, I, I I'd like to think that. I know a little bit of something
2: about point guard play and that that factors in. You know, I mean, even if we go back to the, the UVA days, having John, having Corey Alexander, having Harold Dean, you know, we all of those guys played professionally at, at American University. Derek Mercer and Andres Rodriguez, you know, were, 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 were two guys that were, were great point guards. So I'd, I'd like to think that, that I can bring something to the table. In, in terms of, you know, how to play the position. But, but there's a lot more that goes recruiting, you know, of, of evaluating and being able to recognize, you know, the, you know, the, the talent, but also the intangibles that, that, that maybe high school guys have or in Malik's case, you know, a junior college player has. And, and then putting them in a situation in positions where they can be successful. You know, if we just take Trey Freeman, Ahmad Kaver, and Malik Curry, each of those guys are very, very different in terms of their strengths and weaknesses, but trying to uh, play to their strengths, avoid their weaknesses, and work on their weaknesses—you know—in in instructing them. And, and the thing I, I talk to the, the the point guards about a lot, in, including in the you know in the recruiting process, is that f- for for me and for them, practices are even more important than any other position, because once they get into the game, you know, they can't look over their shoulder at me um, and, and say, you know, coach, what, 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 what do you want? Right. And, and and they literally are an extension of the coach out there and they've got to be in an attack mode. And and so, you know, they, they have to be good practice players. They have to be students of the game, watching the film because when they get in the game, you know, an old saying in Kentucky that the hay's in the barn, you know, and, and if, if they're going to be, if they're going to be effective, they're going to be at their best. They already know what, what I want. They already know what to do and and they, they can, you know, go out there and and execute it. You know, that, that is a, a huge, and you know, we, we had a good point guard last year in Jalen Hunter. I mean, he took care of the ball. He was terrific defensively, you know, was a solid three point shooter. The, the, the one thing that I alluded to earlier that, you know, he, he, he just didn't do, it wasn't part of his thing was the, you know, the, the ability to, to attack off the bounce and, you know, create, but, but, you know, he was, he's a coach's son, really smart kid and and he did a great job of getting us into offense, but you know, he, he's a little different than the, those, those other guys that I, I mentioned.
0: So next year, we got a big move coming. We're going to the Sun Belt. We get to renew our rivalry with JMU twice a year. Uh, How do you think this move is going to impact the basketball program? I
2: I don't see it having, you know, a a big impact in terms of change. One way or another, you know, I'm I'm excited about the move. You know, it's a new challenge. We just got back uh, last week from the the Sunbelt meetings. There's some very good coaches in in the Sunbelt. I think there's some very good players, and there's some really good teams. It's just that people around the country outside of the Sunbelt really don't know about them. There's not a whole lot of difference, I don't think, between the Sunbelt and, and Conference USA. If there is, it might be that, you know, Conference USA is a little bit deeper than, than, than the Sunbelt. You know, the things like attendance, I, I, you know, and, and, and obviously ourselves, Western Kentucky and, and Marshall were head and shoulders beyond anybody else in, in terms of attendance. I think us and Marshall and James Madison will be head and shoulders above anybody else in the Sun Belt in, in terms of, you know, in terms of facilities and in, in terms of attendance. So, I, you know, both both leagues, uh, quite honestly, they're, they're one big leagues and and we can fight like crazy and, and we'll continue fighting like crazy. But what what you've got to do, what you got to set out to do is win the regular season. You know, at the very least, that that guarantees you a spot in the NIT that that gives you, you know, obviously a, the the top seed in the tournament and try to find a way to, to win the you know, other other than that, it's it's it you know, it, it was tough in conference USA. We we had some success. We we've really stunk it up the last two years down in Frisco. We we just you know we, we, we ended up our our, our season on, on just you know clunkers and, and the, the, the Sun Belt tournament is gonna be down in, in Pensacola and and hopefully this year you know, we, we, when we get down there and, and it's a week, off, an entire week earlier, you know, it's, it's, it, the schedule's moved up a little bit. Hopefully we can play a lot better than, than we have the, the last two years in, in the tournament.
1: Well, we'll just chalk up the last couple of years of the tournament to being allergic to that curtain that went right down the middle of the uh, basketball court that you guys had to deal with. I know I'm excited about going down to Pensacola. The last time I was there, I spent thir- 13 weeks with a, Marine Corps drill instructor in officer cannon school. So the prospect of going for basketball be a lot more fun. Yeah. The, the, Sun Belt,
2: the Sunbelt, the Sunbelt has really done a great job of, of investing in Pensacola, investing in the facility down there. And, and, you know, just from everything that I've heard from the league officials and, and the basketball coaches, you know, that's, it's got more of a tournament atmosphere than, Uh, anything that that we had in, in in frisco so i am excited and by the way you know thank you for your service down down there you're welcome but not needed
1: i appreciate it um so we had the pleasure mike and i had the pleasure the other night of talking to the guys that that jmu sports blog they have they've had a podcast for quite some time and they're super excited about the move to the Sun Belt and talking about schedules and and what to expect. Can you give Monarch Nation any idea of when the schedule might come out?
2: You know, I, I, I think with, with our meetings last, you know, we, we were given a, a schedule. There, there's some things that were, were discussed as far as the league schedule uh, is, is concerned that, you know, I, I think they're maybe taking a look at it. I, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's set, but it's going to be an 18-game schedule. It's not travel partners. Conference USA was. It is Thursday, Saturday for the most part. Sometimes there could be what what are called split split uh, weekends where you're playing at home one and you're playing on the road, or you're playing on the road and playing at home. So that you know that's a little bit of a, a of a change. There's not a bye week, and as I said, the the, the 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 conference tournament, the end of the regular season in the conference tournament is it's all a week earlier. So rather than than playing and finishing up as conference usa does on the saturday before selection sunday you know it would be the week before the the saturday a week before so there's you know there there would be a whole week if you're fortunate enough to, to, to win the tournament a whole week in between that and in selection as far as the non conference schedule we still have one game to get we thought yesterday we had it and somebody somebody said yes and then well it was 2 days ago and then yesterday they said, oh, hold on a second. So scheduling is one of the most frustrating aspects. I, I don't think people understand how difficult it is, and, and especially you know, people don't want to come to, to Norfolk to, to play, certainly Power Fives. You know, I mean, we, we, we've asked, we've offered three-for-ones. I mean, you know, you, most people heard two-for-ones. You know, we, this year we were offering, offering Power Fives three-for-ones, and, you know, Notre Dame, Virginia, North Carolina State, Georgetown. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we, we just called around to, and, and, and we couldn't get anybody that way. We, we haven't even been able to get anybody to agree to play us on their court for a, for a, for a guarantee game. What, what, what's happening in, in college basketball is the, the Power Fives, if, if, if they play people, they're, they're either playing other Power Fives, or they're playing. I don't want to say bad. They're, they're they're playing people that they they know absolutely that they will not lose to. They're 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 not going to take the risk of playing, you know, an an old Dominion or you know some some other mid major that, you know, could could find a way to upset a Syracuse or somebody like that. They they they're they're not going on out on that limb anymore. So you know it's it's tough. Maryland, you know, we we had a contract with them new coach came in there and they they basically just broke the contract you know they said well they're not going to be very good And you know I I I, I didn't talk to him directly but my point was you guys we were 13 and 19 last year it's not like we were really lighting it up but you know so they just hopefully we can get them to play in the future it's not it's not the most ethical thing just to break a contract and say we're not going to play but
0: but that's 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 what happened there are there any non-conference games that you're excited to yeah i
2: mean you know obviously we we owe charles a a game you know they they came here last year and you know beat us in in overtime and 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 really 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 you know physically beat us as 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 well so we go down there and play And, and and the Ironic thing is we're we're playing in the the Charleston the the week before Thanksgiving, and and just two weeks later we're re- returning the game down to Charleston. So we'll we'll be spending a fair amount of time in, in that city. You know we'll we'll continue with, you know with 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 William and Mary. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, that that george mason will, will be coming down you know so it, it it'll it be you know it'll be a good a good schedule unfortunately you know maryland did cancel on us and and we'll just have to try to get this last game scheduled and you know the, the good thing is i think we'll be able to announce the schedule earlier much earlier than than what what happened pretty much every year with with conference usa
1: we'll be looking forward to that and keeping an eye out so Early season tournaments, can you walk us through the process of being able to get spots in those? Are they by invitation only, or are you you guys picking up the phones and trying to get into those things?
2: Yeah, you know, they they are by invitation only. Most of them, not all, but most of them,
1: you know, there's there's a tie-in. And, and, you know,
2: for Conference USA, you know, the, 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 the tournaments would have one Conference USA team you know, per year. We've we've been fortunate. You know, we played in the, the, the tournament down in, in, in St. Thomas a couple times. We played in Cancun. We played in the Bahamas. You know, we've played in some pretty good tournaments. Last year we were obviously the success wasn't there. That was a that was just a, a bad trip all around, one that I didn't even make in Myrtle Beach. But the Myrtle Beach, this year the Charleston and next year the the, the tournament out in Hawaii, those are ESPN properties. And, you know, they're, they're tournaments that everybody wants to play in because the games are all on ESPN platform. And so we signed a three-year deal with them and and, and Wood and I, but, but particularly Wood, talked to uh, a guy named Pete Dursis that had worked for a long time for, for ESPN. Uh, this was four or five years ago at the uh, Conference USA Spring meetings. And, 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 and you know, he, he said, hey, we'd, we'd love to have you guys. And, uh, sign a three-year deal so that's that's how we got in in these three so you're you're always looking for you know opportunities we we haven't had to look very hard the last couple of years because we had the three-year deal but you know this year will be charleston next year will be hawaii and then after that you know we'll we'll have to you know find find another tournament though those, those are, are are becoming almost the only opportunity certainly the best opportunity to play Power Five teams at on a neutral site, and, and and maybe even to play Power Five teams at all
1: with the great practice facility you guys have in place now at the Mitch, is there ever been any consideration in trying to host your own tournament?
2: Not, not an MTE, no. And I, I, I think you know, at, at least in part, is that the athletic department. And and probably ODAF really likes it when we can play in some of these locations to have the you know our, our, our supporters travel and, and, and go to those places. I think, you know, it's 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 a great thing for for the basketball team to to play in these these other tournaments, but it's also, you know, an, an opportunity for, for our boosters and, and fans to, you know, travel with the team a nice location and, and you know and, and enjoy you know three or four days of of odu
0: basketball so coach uh, speaking of travel opportunities for fans i'm sorry i didn't put this in the notes but i just kind of popped in my head it's been a while since we took a preseason trip overseas has covid changed that or do we have one in the in the plans
2: covid definitely changed that we were supposed to go a couple years a couple summers ago you can go every four years it's been about six years now, I think, since we've gone when we were over in Spain. We were waiting, we were hoping, you know, we, we, we had the money, everything was all set. Anthony Travel was the, the travel agency that had put it together. And because of COVID, it was canceled. We were planning and thinking that we would go this August. And, and for, you know, obviously with seven new players, and we, and we didn't know it at the time, but seven new players, that, that, this would be an ideal Opportunity to get those ten, you know, ten extra days of practice and and play in some some exhibition games overseas, uh, especially in some place like Croatia, who has such great basketball. But when the decision had to be made, you know, there were still issues with COVID and Croatia because of their law. They were pretty wide open, but because of you know their laws, Old Dominion, the institution, for for whatever reason, you know, would not allow us. Uh, to travel. Now that, that might not be the case now, but when we had to make that decision back in February, I think it was, you know, that, that was the case. So we've kind of kicked that can down the, you know, we, we still have the money in, in our enhancement fund. Hopefully we won't, you know, spend, spend it all this year on, on charter flights. That, that, that's a, a priority. We, we've, you know, in, in, in my nine years here, what we started out with has gradually gotten less and less and less and less as the prices of charter flights have gone up. And and that's that's, you know, being able to charter flights and, and, and you know, buy some home games. Those are the two big things from a budget standpoint that, that have an effect on on one loss records across the country, not just at, at Old Dominion. So we are hoping that you know when when we finish our schedule, we can figure out a way to to get a couple more uh, charter flights to, to make the travel uh, a little bit easier. That 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 is one positive. There's still going to be some pretty good travel in in the Sun Belt, but you know you don't have to go to, to UTEP or San Antonio. You know it, it's 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 the travel isn't as bad, and and hopefully we can stretch our, our budget because of that, we can stretch it a little further.
0: So, Coach, so do we do our fun questions. Me and Aaron are big foodies, and we love to hear what each of our guests think is the best restaurant in the 757, either on campus or off.
2: Well, you know, I think I think for me and, and our staff, the one we frequent all the time is right across the street, and you can never go wrong at, at P. Frank's. Tara and, and, and her crew are, are awesome, and, and believe it or not, you know they've got a great Caesar salad. That's my that's my normal lunch lunch menu over there. You you wouldn't think of P. Frank's as a Caesar salad place, but it's it's pretty daggone good. My favorite restaurant in Norfolk, I, I think I got to say All Shuck. You know, great great seafood and you know it's it's casual and you you know you can get in there and have have a nice meal and and be in and out of there. As as far as the in, in the entire area. I, you know, there's there's some really good restaurants, but Coastal Grill is, is 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 pretty fantastic. I think.
1: All right. So, from music perspective, we haven't had a chance to ever talk about music. Do you have a favorite musical artist, and is there a bucket list concert that you just haven't got a chance to be able to do that you really want to? Yeah, and I doubt that I I, I will.
2: But my wife and I have always talked about you know
1: Van Morrison and.
2: You know, in Belfast or Van Morrison in Dublin or someplace like that. That 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 might be pretty cool, I, I think. And if you can't get Van Morrison, maybe you can get U2 over there. But I, I like all kinds of music. You know, I listen to a bunch of country music. And, you know, with my Charlottesville roots, listening to, to Dave Matthews is always good. And then I'm, you know, gosh, I, I'm all over the place. I, I guess you could call me eclectic. You know, I, 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 do, I do listen to all... All different, all different genres. I do have to
1: ask you a question. We had AJ on our first episode, and we asked him if there was something. Tell us something interesting about one of the players on the team, and he said that Austin Trice had the most amazing voice. Did you ever hear him sing? No.
2: Now I don't know if you remember Dejure Dickens. Dejure mm-hmm. could could really sing. He had he had sung in the the church choir growing up. So whenever we had a birthday, I always got de jure to, to start everybody off singing, happy birthday. But I, I hadn't heard Austin's. First. Apparently, it's quite but, impressive. Hey, Austin's not here anymore, so you know I can, I, I can be you know real real uh, transparent. I tried to to stay as far away from Austin as I could, most of the time. I, I you know, I could only take so much. You know, he was he was a handful. And, and, and he knew it. You know, he asked Chris Kavinsky the other day, he said, am I still the the worst practice player Coach Jones has ever had? And Chris said,
1: not even close.
2: Not even close. So at least, you know, he's, he's got some self-awareness. I will say,
1: though, that there weren't many guys on the floor that played harder. In the game, at least.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think when, when, when he was engaged, you know, he he just went went all out. You know, there there's no in-between with Austin. There's no subtlety. And that's, that's on the court, that's off the court, you know. He, he, he's a character, you know. Apparently, he's he's, he's, he's doing all right. He and, and Malik were both out in, in, in Vegas, you know, playing in in some games. You know, that I don't know. They don't have the same agent, but there's uh, workouts going on out there. And, you know, looks like they, they, they might get a shot.
0: Yeah, I hope they find a good landing spot. Wow. So, we know you're a big baseball fan. You traveled down to Columbia last year to support the men's team. You have talked about being a big Nats fan. Do you have a favorite player to watch?
2: Yeah, without a doubt, Juan, Juan Soto. You know, I, I I just he's got a smile on his face and he's up there. He's, you know, he's having fun. He's not as flamboyant as as Bryce Harper was, and and some of these other guys, but he still has fun. And and he's having a horrible year this year, but. You know, I, I just think he's really really good. You know, he's only what he he's not even 23 yet. I don't I don't think. I just I I can't imagine all this this talk about the Nets trading him. But you know, I mean they're they're going to have to dig deep. You know, if they're if they're going to keep him. I mean, when I don't know how many people that'll be listening are Nationals fans. But when when you've lost Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer. And now you might turn around and lose Juan Soto, you know, and and maybe some of these young prospects. I I hope they 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 work out, but you know, at at some point, you you got to keep your best player. I think. Yeah,
0: you got to spend. Anyway,
2: you 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 can tell I'm a
0: fan. (laughs) You got to spend in Major League Baseball.
2: Yeah, I you know I mean some some teams have gone through that you know, the, the, the process and tanking and restocking, it it doesn't seem like it, it, it works, you know, it certainly doesn't work all the time. You know, Tampa Bay has been, has been the one that's, that's been able to, you know, restock and restock and restock. But I I think there's probably more examples of people that have tried it and it not
0: worked. Yeah. The only other example I could think of is probably the Astros because, before they got on this run, yeah. they were really bad for about two years. Yeah. Haven't
2: haven't the Orioles been for about the last decade?
0: Pretty much. I think
1: they've been rebuilding since Cal Ripken.
0: So, Coach, I'm not sure if you're aware, uh, the Monarchs do a lot of fundraising. We try to raise as much money for ODU baseball as we can. We worked with the school on sending students to the bowl game. And we do an annual Toys for Tots drive at the Blue Lot for the Oyster Bowl. We're really proud of it, and we know you're well known for fundraising for with a variety of charities: coaches for cancer, Zero the the Prostate Cancer Foundation, Samaritan's Feet. Do you have a favorite that you like to work with?
2: I, you know, they're 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 all very rewarding. You know, with Samaritan's Feet, seeing the the. That the kids and especially the parent you know, that, you know, financially, they, they just don't have the wherewithal and being able to give them a, a free pair of shoes and, you know, see the smile on their face. that That's really, really special. You know, one that you, you didn't mention is Troops First, a veterans group that, that I've worked with and actually traveled over to Iraq when the war was going on and Afghanistan to, to, to meet the troops. But I, I think the the, the the one that i feel the closest association with is the coaches versus you know just some wonderful people doing wonderful work you know my 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 wife is currently working with some some other women in the community to to try to now that hopefully fingers crossed that, that covid is is not as big a deal put together a, an event that you know that Hampton Roads and the Tidewater area can could be really, really proud of and, and raise some 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 funds. So you know they're, they're they're all great, you know, great causes. But I, I do think coaches versus cancer is is probably the one that I enjoy the most. So coach,
1: we have one final question for you here, and then we'll let you go. If you could tell ODU fans one thing about next season, what would it be?
2: You know, I I, I think what 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 I would say is, you know, talk talk is cheap. And what, what I'd rather than promise a whole lot of things, I, I, I'd like for us to let our play do our talking. You know, when, when you've got, you're coming off a, a bad season like we, we, we did last year, I think in, in some ways the, the less said is, is better. And, and let's just, you know, kind of keep our, our head and, and, and focus. And when I say us, I'm talking about the players and the coaches. And, and let's, let's get it done on the court. And if, if 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 we do that, then you know, our our fans will will hear that and see that loud and clear.
0: Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Coach Jones.
2: Well, thank you guys. I, I, I appreciate the invitation. And you know, maybe maybe if if things go the way that I, I think they're 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 going, you know, maybe we can do it again next year. And you know, look look back on on you know a, a
1: lot of really really
2: positive things.
1: We'd love to do that. You're welcome to come on anytime you want. All right. Thanks, Coach. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs.